I wanted a dog just for me. And I was just thinking about my relationship to that one particular dog and not how having a dog would put me in community with a bunch of people and that that community would have its own set of unwritten rules and clicks and lines of thought. And yeah, I wasn't expecting all of that when I started the Instagram account. Even in the early days, it was just cute dogs. The algorithm was like, here's a puppy, here's a puppy, here's a puppy, nothing else. <laughs> but eventually I got around to Stephanie's account, Tembo and Leica. And that's when I started feeling really confident that there's also a community within this community that cares about the people as much as I do. This is Telltale Dog, the podcast, and I'm your host, Elizabeth Silverstein. I'm chatting today with Cassidy Jones, the human behind the Ginger Snaps Instagram account. She's living in Hartford, Connecticut, and is a published poet and PhD candidate at Yale University. She's gone viral with her content that covers everything from average dog owner questions, like where to find the best spots to bathe your dog, to in-depth research on dog industry topics like breed-specific legislation. Hi, Cassidy. How are you? I'm feeling good today. How are you? I'm doing all right. How's Miss Ginger? She's sleepy. We both get sleepy when it's rainy. Perfect. Actually, yeah, just we just uh, finished up a thunderstorm over here as well. It's been raining for days. That's a big thing. I'm in Arkansas. So here it's like little kind of like little storms you can stick in your pocket where I'm from the <laughs> East Coast where I'm like used to the coverage days right. everywhere. You can't outdrive it. <laughs> nope. I haven't seen the sun in I don't know how long. Yes, I, re- I Probably remember. Probably been like two days at most. It just really gets you in your soul. <laughs> it does. <laughs> <laughs> so how old is Miss Ginger? Ginger is two years old and her second gotcha day is coming up next week, I believe. Yeah. Do you do a little party for gotcha days? I do a little party for her all the time. But yeah, there'll be a gotcha day party too. <laughs> <laughs> nice and you've had her since she was puppy yeah when she was four months and what breed of dog is she her papers either say unknown or mixed breed or black mouth cur which mm-hmm. was something I hadn't heard of before I adopted her but everyone who looks at her visually identifies her as some sort of pit mix yeah black mouth cur are actually pretty pretty common down here in the south they're yeah. a big part of what I like to call uh, Arkansas forest dogs. It's that same kind of that orangey color, the black Mm -hmm. markings on the face. They are, yeah, they're pretty integrated into our mutt status, but so so are pitties. Interesting. Yeah, it is. And it's very fascinating. And especially how people identify. Because when I look at Ginger, I don't really see your traditional pit traits. Like she doesn't have the pity ears. She doesn't really have the pity muscles. That's just because I've been giving her too many treats. Uh, (laughs) She had muscles before we moved, I swear. And then I felt guilty. She's living the plush life in Connecticut. Yeah. She's pretty strong. Most I think people think she's a pit because of the shape of her head Mm. and the big white patch on her chest. Oh, very interesting. Mm. And is she your first dog as an adult? Yes. She's my first dog ever. Mm-hmm. I've been asking for a dog since I was like five when I got a stuffed dog named Sammy, who was a boy. And then I changed her to a girl when I figured out that only girls could have puppies. 
So Sammy's been through a lot, but I still have her. Oh, yeah, that's precious. <laughs> and so you kind of have had a really interesting, is it, has it been over the past year, year with, with Ginger Snaps with the account? When did you start the account? October 2020. So we're coming up on two years. Two years? Yeah. And when did you first go viral? What are we counting as viral? I guess like the first time you kind of woke up and you're like, wow, that's a lot of notifications. Maybe the canine companionship is a white privilege post. That was a hot take. (laughs) (laughs) And you have a few of those. (laughs) I do have a few hot takes. I guess that was the first one that generated a lot of discussion. And my first time getting a little bit of pushback Mm -hmm. up to that point, I had mentioned anti-Blackness as it came up in the dog world before, but very small anecdotal experiences that people couldn't really argue with. You can't really tell somebody that something didn't happen to them. But this was a big blanket statement that I got from a book. That's from Benedict Boiseron's book, Afro Dog. But I was just trying to start a conversation around that. And I did. (laughs) The first really viral thing in my opinion, was what do dogs have to do with race? It's one of my pinned posts. Mm -hmm. And that one was being shared everywhere immediately. It was the first day of Black History Month this year. And it was getting shared on accounts that weren't pet accounts, just really big public thinker accounts. So that brought a lot of eyes to the page and good eyes and bad eyes, I guess. Mm -hmm. But some people say viral is getting... 100,000 impressions or 100,000 views on something. And that would just be some goofy reels. Like the first reel that I had cross 100,000 was, do you remember that song that was like, F being good, I'm a bet. It was a Megan Thee Stallion thing. Mm-hmm. But I made it dog mom related. Oh, no, no, no. I can't talk right now. I'm doing dog mom shit. Uh. And then it cuts to me just lint rolling my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I also really love the, there was that da, 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 with the, the marching that you did with. Oh, yeah, yeah, your... yeah. Respecting leash laws. Gotta, yeah. <laughs> gotta pay attention to your local leash laws for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, excuse you. Right. One second. Let me. Okay. Somebody doesn't like leash laws. But yeah. She's like, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Get out. Go. <laughs> She is my, I have two very opinionated dogs. I have a toy fox terrier who's 10 pounds. She's extremely, so opinionated. And then I, the Belgian Malinois who's 60 pounds and they also get into a lot of trouble together. (laughs) That's really cute. I think Ginger should also have a small friend, but Uh, it's going to take a while for me to get to that place. Yeah, It's cute. You've got a lot on your plate. Did you kind of expect your dog account to mirror what you're studying? Not at all. No, I thought it was just going to be me talking to my friends and family about this new dog I have. After I had spent so many years begging everyone for a dog, I felt like everyone needed to be updated on how it was going for me. Mm-hmm. So that's what the page was really for at first. But then unfortunately, I'm a huge nerd. And okay. so... That just kind of spilled over into the Instagram quicker than it should have. I was just reading things and sharing what I was reading to no one. I didn't think anybody would want to see all that, but who cares? It's my Instagram. I can post about books if I want to. Yeah, well, it it obviously touched a chord with a lot of people. I guess is the best way to say it. People really, yeah. it really resonated, and and now you're doing things like hosting workshops with Every Dog Austin, right? Yeah, that was a cool experience. That was my first webinar. 
I've been getting more podcast requests lately, but I'm actually not very much of a talker in real life. So I was very nervous about doing a webinar by myself, at least with a podcast. If I can't think of something to say, you're there to (laughs) say something. Yeah, I'll guide Um, it. Yeah, Right. And it's also not live. So (laughs) if I am stumbling, you know, you can fix that up, make me look good in post. But Uh, I was really intimidated by that experience, but I did have the benefit of slides, which I think are very fun. Um, So I really enjoyed it and I got a lot of good feedback, some invitations to do it again in other places, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm just shocked. I got people to listen to me talk for 90 minutes, (laughs) (laughs) which I wouldn't have expected because you come across very confident and very unapologetic in that confidence and in your identity. So it's, it is interesting. I think I think a lot of us struggle with kind of that imposter syndrome, right? Even if we know what we're talking about. So it is kind of interesting to hear that just a juxtaposition of you being so confident in your identity and then be like, you know, that was intimidating. It's mostly that uh, it's not even a confidence issue. It's just, I am... I keep my words real short my sentences real short in conversation I really love silence Mm -hmm. I love to meditate I love hanging out with my friends and we don't have to talk we can just be in each other's presence and enjoy that so having to speak for night for an hour they only asked for an hour but once I started talking I had to talk for 90 minutes Uh, (laughs) oh I do get a little bit nervous being positioned as like an expert in this thing even though that's what my PhD training is for. I'm supposed to be growing into an expert in in my particular field, which is African-American literature. But this is my, if I finish, if I finish, when I finish the PhD, that'll be my fourth degree in African-American studies. So I do know a good bit about race relations in the United States and the history of racism in the U.S. But still, calling myself an expert is strange just because I know the way that that title gets used to shut people out of conversations. Folks that don't have the privilege of having all these letters behind their names, people don't take them seriously, even though they're describing the same things I'm describing. I just have the big fancy words that the institution agreed upon to help back up what I'm saying. And I have, you know, some historical facts and figures that set a precedent. So yeah, I don't like calling myself an expert, even though I know a lot. I know what I'm talking about for real. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think there are a lot of experts that don't get that credit just because they're not in the position. Yeah, that is hard too. That's kind of one of the the strange things that comes out of education and learning stuff is the more you know, the more you realize you don't know, right? Right. So much more. (laughs) Yeah. You have to set yourself up as an expert on the internet to grow. I guess that's what everybody's advice is. Thankfully, I don't care about growing anymore. (laughs) My numerical goal when I decided to do this seriously was Mm 10,000. Once I hit that number, I was like, great, I'm going to do whatever I want now. Mm -hmm. And that's still going well. So Yeah, Yeah, I think you're you're a bit over 13,000 now. Yeah, 13,4. That's pretty good. Pretty good, I'd say. Not too shabby. (laughs) More than I had two years ago, for sure. Uh, yeah. It took uh, me several years to get a thousand people on my personal page. And then after Ginger's page blew up, I made my personal page private and got rid of all the followers that I had never met. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's smart. It's, it's The internet can be a scary place, I find. Yeah. 
It came to be a lot. And I'm really worried about those anti-pit people like mm -hmm. contacting my school oh. and things. Yeah. You can always try to get ahead of that and let them know, be the first person to share the story. That'll give you a lot more power than if your school's caught off guard by it because they're pretty relentless. Yeah. They're pretty relentless. I think I might have messaged you a couple times about just brief specific legislation, but I was kind of, I was involved. There was a town I was living at the time here that has brief specific legislation. I'm currently in a city that has it. And once you get involved in it, not only do you get those emails, but the town that I was living in escalated to personal attacks. Wow. I had to step out because I couldn't risk because I would share my client dogs on my Instagram. Yeah. Some who were pit bulls in that town. Mm -hmm. I couldn't risk those dogs and their people being targeted. That's really wild and sad. Yeah. yeah. But I've, I've seen how passionate some folks get about this cause, even though I don't really know what the passion is. It doesn't seem like passion. It just seems like straight up hatred. I think it's very related to indoctrination. And I do think, so when you look at like faith-based communities that are indoctrinated, I grew up fundamentalist Christian. Mm -hmm. So I was in that and I, I know the firsthand the indoctrination and brainwashing that happens. And this is very parallel to that to me. Interesting. So I, I do believe they're fully con convinced that they're doing the right thing. But what you hear in those really extremist faith-based communities is, well, we have to help them make the right choices, even if they don't want to. So that's what you're mm. kind of seeing too in these um, anti-pitbull conversations. They're like, no, you just don't know. Right. Pitbulls are very, very dangerous and they're killing the children. We have to do this and save the children. Like you hear that, those conversations over and over again in just different um basically communities it's the same stuff so i think they're really convicted they are just so radicalized to the point that they don't understand how they're coming across or you know even what they're really fighting for anymore that's what gets lost for me what is the goal of the things that they are saying and doing yeah um, like the cold emails what do they think i'm going to do after reading that email yeah most people agree it's just to make me feel bad <laughs> but I don't know if they want some sort of public retraction. I don't know if they want me on their team because they're not talking to me like someone they want on their side. They're yeah. talking to me like someone they think is an idiot. So mm -hmm. it's hard to tell. Yeah. And you as someone with like four degrees <laughs> and them who knows what, you know, education they have. It's like, okay. It's yeah. usually just the one blog. <laughs> Yeah, the same one over and over again. And yes. You, you see that too, like if you look at like the Westboro Church, for example, what are they going to feel like they're going to accomplish by taking their signs of hatred and going to a pride parade? You know, like a the attendees at the pride parade are going to be like, oh, my bad. Like, Yo, yeah, let me join your cause. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the reminder about damnation. I'm straight yeah. now. Thank yes. you. Yeah, I mean, sheesh. And it's like that argument isn't doing what you think it's doing. It's it not people like you are in heaven why would anyone want else want to go to heaven <laughs> no that's what we're not talking about yeah I do this is one of my goals for my podcast too I want to do a cult series on those parallels and just dive into it because it's so it's so similar I just this I see the same conversations in the dog world that I see in like the religious deconstruction communities on Instagram they're the same exact conversations mm. they're just a different topic that's all it is that's so fascinating. And I really hope you do that. 
But yeah, I think I think it's I think it's necessary. I think it'll be interesting. And I'm yeah. I'm not doing that for early next year, but I think it'll be good. That sounds cool. Yeah. So little rabbit trail there. Um <laughs> so to bring us back around. So did you have one understanding of the dog world when you first started posting your dog? I didn't really know it was a world. I wanted a dog just for me. And I was just thinking about my relationship to that one particular dog and not how having a dog would put me in community with a bunch of people and that that community would have its own set of unwritten rules and clicks and lines of thought. And yeah, I wasn't expecting all of that when I started the Instagram account. Even in the early days, it was just cute dogs. The algorithm was like, here's a puppy, here's a puppy, here's a puppy, nothing else. <laughs> but eventually I got around to Stephanie's account, Tembo and Leica, and that's when I started feeling really confident that there's also a community within this community that cares about the people as much as I do. Yes. And I do, I do appreciate the conversations you started around that because it, it, that is a big conversation. Like, Hey, we're just here for the dogs. And the big thing, cause as a dog trainer, that's the, com that's the thing that we have to talk about over and over again. If you want to become a dog trainer, you have to be good with people. You have mm -hmm. to be, there's just no way I like 80%, 90% of my job is the people. It's not right. the dogs. And I think that gets really lost a lot of the time. And it's really interesting because I know a lot of the passion in the force free community seems to stem from fear and wanting to save the dogs, mm -hmm. try to reach as many people as possible. But one individual, even a small group of people can't be responsible for all the dogs. We can only be responsible, nope. right, for what's in front of us right. or the people we can reach. And I think that's really hard when there's a lot of, you know, bad things happening, too. Yeah, that's an understatement. The last two years have been a particularly difficult time to care about people on the internet because there's just been a lot every day, back to back. Someone else is in peril. And I don't expect anybody to catch everything. I don't expect everybody to talk about every single thing. What I would really like to see is people consistently making it known that they're not going to tolerate certain things. For me, it's not about being able to share every CNN post about every natural disaster in every community across the globe. It's just about consistently showing up as someone who cares about other human beings. Yes. And I, I have been in situations where other people have said stuff to me, like I have to use certain words or I have to use certain phrases or I have to approach things a certain way. And it's like, I think the people that care are doing the best they can with where mm -hmm. they are and they're going to grow past that. No one else can tell you what to do or mm -hmm. how to do it, but you seem to get that a lot. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I don't, I guess the things that I talk about are really polarizing in a way that attracts a certain type of arguer mm -hmm. and that type of arguer is one that does not care at all about facts <laughs> <laughs> which is like and that has to be hard for you because you're you're studying facts you're right studying concrete information right. and you're like but here are the studies and people are like Shh, 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 Shh. 
<laughs> Literally, <laughs> worry last about week, maybe two weeks ago, I had someone comment like, you need to share your sources. What are your sources? And if you follow my page, every time I post a carousel post, there is a slide with sources. It's called sources. And you, I don't um, think you ever have less than five sources. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of things to read. I give you options. I give. I try to give things of different lengths. I try to give things of different access because I can read a lot of articles because I'm in school right now that some people don't have access to, even though email me. No, I'm supposed <laughs> to say email the author. Yes, yes. Ask them and they will most likely give it to you. Mm -hmm. And some of them, some journals are open access. But also email me if you need to. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so no matter how much I post about where the things I'm talking about are coming from there's somebody that's just like that book is wrong that peer-reviewed article <laughs> wrong based in nothing that doctor right <laughs> nothing because I saw a Facebook post that said <laughs> that's what it is every time yeah it's wild and you know what I did not expect with your account I did not expect the biggest controversy that came out of your account to be over Ginger's name that was such a stressful day <laughs> you handled it really really well so for anyone who doesn't know do you, would you like to explain what happened there sure I put out this article with the tales of connection that was about an all-black pit bull who had a white parent at the park that I used to go to and that pit bull's name was Django and was named after the protagonist of Quentin Tarantino's movie Django Unchained, which is about enslaved people. So they named this Black Pit Bull after an enslaved Black man, which I found really disconcerting and inappropriate. And so I shared my reasons why folks might want to consider the people they are affecting with their dog choice names. And then the backlash I received was that Ginger gingerism I wasn't taking into account gingerism that was the term that I heard and that there is a lot of oh. I'm gonna grab her too hold on, hold on. yeah no problem I'm oh, sorry about that no worries okay so so it was it was basically what about ism right okay and deflection mm -hmm. and trying to call me a hypocrite and I may, it looks like I handled it well online, I guess, but I was really upset the whole day, very distraught, like calling people, trying to talk over that decision, just because when I say I care about people, I really mean it. Mm -hmm. So um, if someone tells me that something I've done is hurtful to people, I am going to step back and think about that choice. I'm not going to argue immediately I'm I'm really going to digest what has been said so after several hours I was able to come back with a post after reflecting and thinking through that choice about how firstly I can always apologize for the impact of a decision that I made it's my favorite thing to do apologizing not because I like hurting people just because I think that's how communities grow when everyone's able to take accountability it's not seen as a really scary thing it's just something we're able to do so it's something I like to model. Anyways, apologizing for folks with red hair who I've harmed with my decision while also discussing why bullying and systemic oppression are not the same thing. So trying to equate those situations isn't actually a very valid argument. Yeah, I thought you did an awesome job. And Ginger's a spice, right? Or a... She was named after a root, yes. Yeah, a root, <laughs> right? Django is not... No, as far as I know mm -hmm. any spice or root or plant. not a spice or root. There's a rock musician 
some I think maybe a German rock musician maybe somewhere in Europe who's also named Django but I asked specifically if that's the Django they were talking about and they said no okay so there's no it is there is a rescue here that every black history month they try to take a black dog and name the dog after a person of color to show their respect for black history month that's weird (laughs) yeah yeah it is it yeah that's weird (laughs) yeah i yeah i don't even yeah and and it's in it and those concerns were brought up by staff to people making these decisions and then they they would get defensive and say that's not what we mean you know so there's you can't even have you know good conversation or educational conversation if they're just going to get angry defensive you know the whataboutism deflecting all of that people are so concerned about getting canceled and i just so few people get actually canceled in any way that matters (laughs) yes yeah so few people get like lose big things because they're called out about something inappropriate that they've done so I really wish that people were able to accept feedback and criticism with more open ears and an open heart without worrying about getting defensive because you don't you're afraid of losing something that's not what the intended outcome is when you call something out it's that you get better Mm -hmm. um so being called out getting that feedback is really well some people aren't doing it out of the goodness of their hearts some people are trying to call people out maliciously and definitely don't have the greatest intentions but I feel like a lot of people genuinely just want folks to improve Mm -hmm. So I feel like folks should be more appreciative of when those moments happen. Like, it's really hard. Nobody likes to hear that they've made a mistake. No one is saying that it's easy to get called out. But I think it can be a more positive experience than folks believe. Yes. And I don't think you can always avoid it. Right. It's If you're living publicly and you have any sort of following, someone's going to be upset. Mm-hmm. I remember one of my mentors, she told me to look into this one trainer and I looked up the trainer. I was like, oh, she's got a lot of controversy. She's mm-hmm. like, everybody has a controversy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everybody yeah. does. So, and it, and it was a good reminder for me, like just because people don't, like some people or maybe even a large amount of people don't like some things that she did, it doesn't always negate the value that could be seen in other stuff. So, I mean, we could get into a whole rabbit trail there of abuse and, you know, the, you know, some, some dog trainers showing certain things and and all that, which is not really what I want to, we don't have to get into that, but there's always going to be stuff. You're going to always do stuff that people don't like. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's fine to consider the source too. And if it even warrants a response or a change, I think everyone has to There are so many things that I just ignore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I wish we could practice that more on the internet also. <laughs> like, I don't all the way agree with that. Next. Yes. <laughs> just the consequence is usually not worth the effort that it would take for me to argue my point. So yes. you can have it. <laughs> yeah. I had this one random guy comment on a post from like months ago and he was like asking me for a detailed training plan for this dog. Huh? Didn't follow me. I didn't follow him. Didn't know who he was. And I just gave like a like brief thing. Cause he's asking me for an entire training plan. It's right. like, 
take too much time. I don't, who are you? And I just gave something right. brief. But then later on, I was like, why did I even respond at all? <laughs> who is this person? Oh, what yeah. does it matter, you know? <laughs> I have to look away from things all the time. And it's the internet, it happens. Um, if it's really important, my email's in my bio. You can hit me there, but I'm not going to see every comment, unfortunately. I try to respond, especially in the first like 24 to 48 hours. But if you commented on something from like six weeks ago, I lost it. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. sorry. <laughs> We've moved on. The conversations right. are different now. I don't even remember what I was talking about then. <laughs> so I am pretty amazed at how well you seem to handle boundaries. And maybe you don't feel like you do. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> and we kind of, you know, we talked about that a little bit. Do you consider Ginger a pit bull? I know we don't really have a way of confirming that but would you kind of classify her as that or do you feel like mountain cur and this is really just your personal preference right I think she gets treated like a pit <laughs> when we're out and about I I don't think that's entirely because of what she looks like I think that's also because of what I look like people make assumptions about the kind of a dog that I have so you can really call her anything <laughs> okay. go with it <laughs> well I I do ask that because I kind of wanted to lead into it seems like she has enough features at least mm-hmm. as a pit bull or association or whatever do you get a lot of demands to speak about pit bulls all the time all the time okay almost exclusively <laughs> okay all right, that's interesting because you you've had some great posts and I'll I'll link that to you know that into the the description box to the posts that you've put together. They're, they're really well done. You. You're, you're able to take a really complex subject, years of, you know, breed specific legislation, racism, all of that, these dogs and condense it in a way that's consumable, which is, is pretty hard to do. I don't even know where I'd begin if I'm like, <laughs> to be honest, it's intricate. So how do you, how do you handle that when people keep coming at you to demand things from you? That's a really good question. Unfortunately, at this time, I usually just do it. <laughs> like, I'm trying to set better boundaries, but for the most part, if you tag me in something and you need me to leave a comment or you need me to share it, I'll just I just go ahead and do it. But people, people who don't follow me, like demand that I speak on this issue about breed specific legislation in their town. People who haven't engaged with my work before, people. What really gets me is that people who haven't really done the work themselves demanding work from me, I I don't like that. And there was a time where I was getting really overwhelmed with the podcast request. I'm grateful for this one because you've asked me about more than the history of Dogs and Black. You've asked me more than just repeat every post that I've put on my page. And that was becoming a lot. But I... I get that people care a lot. And as a person with a platform of 13.4 thousand folks, I have a responsibility, more responsibility, I guess, than the average Instagram user. And I'm trying to do my best with that responsibility while also taking care of myself, which means I, I can't always do the thing. Someone emailed me, not emailed me, DM'd me last week to ask me to come up with a thesis topic for them like they were writing a thesis for school and they're like I want to do something with pit bulls and race so if you could just put together a thesis statement <laughs> do my my homework for me please right. <laughs> it was wild but not the first person who has just been like do the work 
this is what you do do it because um I, I don't think people realize that it's not what I do Instagram is a hobby that I have but I am actively getting another degree and I also am raising this dog like the only reason I have the account is to chronicle my life with this dog so I actually can't spend all of my time in front of the computer or on my phone and my dms and my email so yeah, I think I'm I'm just doing my best with what gets thrown at me. I appreciate when people bring things to my attention that I'm not aware of, but I appreciate most when they do it as like, here's a thing that's going on that you may not know about and not here's a thing you need to do something about. Yeah, that's wild. Like, so I think a good example of that is the whole PETA conversation that we ended up having in your comment section about. Mm. So that was really interesting because- the other person was like assuming I don't know anything about PETA or their controversies. And I was like, actually, I do. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> I know a lot. And so it, it was a really, it was a, it was a fun little experience for me because I, I'm not going to send you anything that you don't specifically ask for. And you asked for the PETA information. So mm-hmm. I was able to go collect it and send it to you, but I'm also not going to then demand that you put together <laughs> a, slide, a slide deck or carousel on PETA. Like now yeah. please do all this work now. It's like, ugh that is that's a lot it can be a lot and also you know sometimes I like to goof around (laughs) and I can I I can tell with your fun stuff you're enjoying it with Ginger it seems like you and Ginger just have a really good time together and that's yeah (laughs) she puts up with my antics I put up with her antics it's a time (laughs) and it's really fun for me too is that she's always just seems like sort of like deadpan all the time so she's like great man to your (laughs) comedy (laughs) that's that's the best role to cast her in just I don't care at all about what's happening she nails that part every time (laughs) yeah she's like sure sure here we go That's her attitude about pretty much anything. Vet visits, like we'll go to the vet because like I'm not thrilled to be here, but do what you have to do. <laughs> go ahead. Grooming, sure. grooming visits. Yeah, go ahead. Handle it. Like <laughs> this isn't the best, but whatever. Yeah. So we go home and nap. <laughs> right. And I appreciate that about her. Very adaptable. She compromises with me a lot, which I, I couldn't teach her how to do. She just kind of knows to do that. I mean, I'm... I, I could teach her like if I had the knowledge I don't (laughs) I don't have the toolkit to teach her how to do that Mm -hmm. she thankfully was just a really good dog Mm -hmm. she was just born a good dog what are your some of your favorite qualities about Ginger my favorite qualities about her okay so she's not very snuggly (laughs) which isn't my favorite thing about her but I do like that sometimes she looks at me and she knows that we both need a snuggle even though that's not our usual and she'll come lie with me on the couch those are really special moments for me other things I love about her always ready for a game of tug I didn't realize that some folks had to like work on play outside of the home because she was ready to go anywhere (laughs) when it involved any kind of tug so I appreciate that about her I like that she can take car rides now. That wasn't always the case. She's really growing up on me. She used to throw up if we were in the car for more than seven or eight minutes. Oh, that's so hard. (laughs) Every time. (laughs) To the point where I would walk for a half an hour to our vet with her because the car ride wasn't happening. (laughs) Yeah, but she's great in the car now. I don't know. I love so many things about her and what she allows me to do 
That's great. I, it's really been fun watching your relationship. And that's what I wanted to focus with this interview too, is you being a person with a wonderful dog and being gracious enough to share that with us. Oh, you know, that it's just been, it's been really neat. And I, it's, I just didn't have enjoyed it. Thank you so much. I'm glad. <laughs> I love that people find me to learn things about anti-racist animal advocacy, but I also really like when people see me as a, as a human being, just trying to be with this dog, try to raise this dog. I appreciate being seen for that. And you, yeah, you do an awesome job and anyone who, who wants to see too of, you know, that great research that you did, it's, it's gingers, plural, underscore naps, also Mm -hmm. plural. And I'll link that below. It's like ginger snaps the cookie, but my dog's name is ginger. She sleeps a lot. Yes. Yeah. Very cute. (laughs) And I think that was all the questions that I had. Was there anything else that you wanted to add? I really enjoyed where this conversation went. I don't know that I have anything else. Good. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And people can find you at Ginger's Naps. Mm-hmm. They can also find you at CassidyJones.com. Mm-hmm. Any, anywhere else? I know you want to keep Cassidy Jones, your personal Insta, private. Yeah. Um, Ginger has a Twitter that I barely use. <laughs> and I'm not downloading TikTok until my dissertation is done. So <laughs> that'll be a good time to yeah pull away all your time. <laughs> yeah. Check out Ginger's Naps on TikTok in 2024. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be great. You're going to make the trends. So I'm going to do the sign off now. And then at the end, I have one final question for you. Got it. This has been Telltale Dog, the podcast with your host, Elizabeth Silverstein, a certified dog trainer in Central Arkansas, and my guest today, Cassidy Jones. Music has been provided by Jim Chiago of 7 Second Chance. Find more of his work on iTunes and Spotify. And stick around after the music for some final advice from Cassidy. Cassidy, it's been really interesting to me to hear and see accounts like yours and Bindi's Bucket List is another one of just kind of regular people going viral over content. Uh-huh. It's really interesting because it's like, I don't, I don't know if every, like some people who do that intend to, but then I'm finding people like you and, and Taylor, you didn't really mean to, but it kind of took off. Yeah. Do you have any advice for someone who may accidentally find themselves in that situation or anything that you wish you would have known before that happened? Yes. I, something that I still have to remind myself of is that when you have that many eyes on you, you're going to get dissenting opinions, people who disagree with you and people who disagree with you rudely. Um, But what I have to keep in mind is just the ratio of how many loving things people say versus how many mean things people say. The kind people blow the mean people out of the water. And I need to keep that in perspective sometimes because those negative comments will stick with you all day. But try to let the love stick with Mm. you more. (laughs) 